Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up, real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with the Mark Webber. And we are back for another edition of the Onside Kick right here on Most Valuable Podcast. And Mark, it is, to me, the best week of the entire year because we have gone through every single preview. We took our week off last week, kind of talked about some Baker Mayfield, some dark horses. We went through our top 10 in our preseason mock draft. But this is the week that everyone has been waiting for. The week where we make our hold us to them predictions. And then someone gets injured this week because I gave someone the kiss of death. And then we have to revise our predictions next week. I mean, I already did some revisions <laughs> from uh, some of the injuries that have happened. You know, I was I was talking about your team, the Vikings, mm-hmm. and how I was like, well, they were a pretty sure thing, but I don't know. Had a lot of injuries. Well, I mean, was it two years ago? Was it last year or two years ago? It was two, two years, years ago. Because it was Dak Prescott's rookie year. Because we did our hold us to him predictions. Then Tony Romo got injured. And Teddy Bridgewater got injured, and yep. it was like, great, we've got to do them again. And we redid and our we did. playoff predictions, and that was the time where I believe I had the Jags missing the playoffs, then making the playoffs, and they did not make the playoffs. You were in a real year life early. Year. I was a year early yeah. with that Jags prediction, but how we do it, really, before we get into how we do it, let's get through some housekeeping here. Number one, if you want to help support the channel, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash Podcast. that link down below. In the description, you can help support the channel. And if you're at the $10 tier, you get to join the podcast each month, any podcast is MVP that you want, and get to talk about the topic of your choosing. You can also buy yourself an MVP t-shirt. That store down below in the description as well. You can also find the store at mostvaluablepodcasts.com where you can catch MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, make sure, even if you're on iTunes, or if you're on YouTube is what I mean to say, Go over to iTunes, go over to Apple Podcasts, make sure to give the podcast a five-star rating and let us know why you like listening to the podcast each and every week. But now, if you're new, how we do these predictions is we still keep it in the three-segment kind of fashion that we're used to. We go through our AFC, look at each division, give our predictions for each, give our thoughts for each. Then we do the NFC, then our last kind of segment will be us going through our playoffs, predicting it all the way to the Super Bowl. Mark will predict a Super Bowl winner. I will give the kiss of death to a team that will probably have injuries next week. And then we're adding something new at the very end of the podcast. We're going to give our personal top 10 draft order for what we think it'll be based off our individual We're going to do that at the end? Very end. Because they're going to know what it is already based off of the first two. They can figure it out, but if they want the cool graphic and they want to figure it out, we might do it right before the playoffs. It'll be in that third segment, though. So we'll do it right before the playoffs. How about that? 
to start off the third segment. Sure. That, still doesn't change the fact that they can do the math. They can do the math on their own, but it'll we'll do it to start so the third segment. So play spoiler in the comment section if you really want to. You can if you want to. But, Mark, we are going to go through the AFC. We're going to start with the AFC North. We'll start with you for the North. Give us your prediction. Run down these teams. You want me to go from best to worst or worst to best? Doesn't matter. They're all four are going to be up on the screen. All right, I'm for going you. worst to best. Um, so we're going to have the worst, and it's actually a tie for worst, right. kind of. I mean, not ties don't exist in this, obviously, but they had the same record. Both at seven and nine. First, it's the Browns. Then it's the Bengals. You have the Browns at seven and nine. I do. Ooh, okay. I do. But here's the thing. Um, I have going into this. If you have watched any of our stuff, you know I do not like Hugh Jackson. Mm-hmm. I'm done with him. I I don't want anything to do with him. But I kind of divorced myself from that thought going into this. I said I have okay. to have a competent coach mentality going into this, even though I do not think they have a competent coach. Just like for this, I when we eventually get to the Houston Texans, I said, don't think about injuries. <laughs> Just think about the team. So anyways, we got the the Browns, we got the Bengals both at 7 and 9. Then we had the Pittsburgh Steelers at 10 and 6 and the Baltimore Ravens. You guys wanted to hear what I thought about the Ravens and that's cuz you know I'm I'm liking them right now. 11 and 5 Baltimore Ravens winning the division. So with mine, I will do the same, start worst to first. The last team in the North at 3-13 and 13 will be the Cincinnati Bungles. They're going to be the worst team in the North this year. That means the Browns, they're actually number three in the division, but not by much. They're still 2-4 and four, like the Bengals in the division, but they finish 4-12 and 12 on the year. Ravens will be second in this division, 8-8, eight and eight, sitting there at 500, and winning the division yet again, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Killer Bees, whatever you want to call them, they will be at 12-4, and four, winning the AFC North. Y- you kind of gave a little bit about the Browns. What do you think in just kind of final thoughts after we've done our previews, after we've given these predictions about the AFC North? I think this is one where pretty much everybody should be kind of happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you got two teams that are right in the playoff hunt. Obviously, the the Ravens win the division they're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even Bengals fans, their team has been better this year, according to my thoughts. Browns are going to be much better this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if you're a Browns fan, you might be saying, well, I guess we're stuck with this coach now. Uh, but I think everybody is something having something to be happy about. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like... The interesting thing is I think everyone is in – most people are in agreement that the Steelers are probably going to win the division this year. Like Except for me. How I, like, and that's why I said mostly yeah. everyone. Um, the Steelers should win the division in my mind. The Ravens are going to be interesting because to me they're going to be a fringe playoff team where they could be 8-8 eight and eight make the playoffs, they could be 9-7 and seven make the playoffs, or they could be 10-6. and six. And make the playoffs, or they could be eight and eight, nine and seven, and not make the playoffs. Like that's where I think they are this year. Kind of very much the same as it was last year, where they were one win short from being a playoff team. And because the Bengals beat them, the Bills got into the playoffs for the first time in forever. To me, this division, the thing though that I'm excited about is the bottom of this division. And it's the Browns and the Bengals to see who is going to be last place. Will it be the Browns? like it's been forever, or are the Bengals destined to be the Bungles and will they finally fire Marvin Marvin Lewis after, let's say they do go 3-13? and 13? Will they finally get rid of him? 
Will the Browns finish with a worse record? Will they finally fire Hugh Jackson? That, to me, is going to be a more interesting race to see who's not last in this division than it is the two teams that will be at the top in the Ravens and the Steelers. Yeah, and you have two teams that are trying to essentially get out of a funk, mm-hmm. you know, get out of what they were stuck before. Well, let's move on now going to the AFC South. I'll give mine first for this one as we'll alternate. We'll all do the same thing, worst to first. Finishing last place in this division, it's kind of not last because really two games separate the two through four teams in this division, but finishing last in the South at 7-9, and nine, I got the Tennessee Titans. Then in third place, I've got the 8-8 eight and eight Texans, the 9-7 and seven Colts, being the second place team, and then running away with this division, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars at twelve and four. This is an interesting one for me. Uh, this was probably—I'm just doing a quick little scan. Mm-hmm. This is probably my toughest division, uh, with maybe one exception. It's going to be the closest division, that's no doubt. In, in my mind, it's going to be. One of the closest, if not the closest division in yeah, the AFC. Yeah, and it's one of those ones where if I just change one of these games, mm-hmm. it completely changes everything. Yep. So, first of all, we got the Colts at 7-9. and nine. Uh, Even with Andrew Luck being back, that team still has a lot of holes mm-hmm. things to fix. He can only win so many games on his own. Uh, Deshaun Watson, even though he's a great quarterback, I really hope he's healthy. But the Texans, 8-8, eight and eight, even mm-hmm. with that great defense, even with a lot of improvement. And I'm going to say something interesting about them in just a moment. But the Tennessee Titans at nine and seven, then ten and six, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Who two things I got to say in this division? You almost had them not win. That this was division. the first thing I was going to have. I almost had them out of the playoffs at nine and seven. At nine and seven, because that last game, it is week seventeen, and this is where things get crazy. And week seventeen, the I way, have them losing that game. The way I have everything set up, the Jaguars mm-hmm. are winning that game. Okay, but. Because they had to. If they lost that game, they are nine and seven out of the playoffs. Ten, uh, Tennessee Titans, which are sitting at nine and seven in my little rankings here, they get mm-hmm. skipped if the Texans beat the Jaguars and the Texans win that division at nine and seven. Well, and I mean, for me, the the interesting thing for we'll start with the Jaguars because they're the again consensus mm. where most people are picking them to win the division. In my mind, I have them 12 at 4, but I'll be completely honest. I have them beating the Patriots week 2. I have them beating the Steelers week 11. And the only reason I have that happening for sure in the regular season is they're both in Jacksonville. If they were going to Foxborough, I might switch that to the Patriots. I know that the Patriots have the GOAT and Tom Brady's going to make it a game. And I know that the Steelers have the Killer Bees, but going to Jacksonville would be a lot different then the Jaguars going to Heinz Field, going to Foxborough. Yeah. But the Jaguars proved last year we can go to those two places and definitely beat the Steelers and almost beat the Patriots they if we didn't close. get screwed on a pass interference call. I'm still not going to let that call go because the Jaguars should have won that game. Mm-hmm. If I switch those, so they're a top four team in my mind at 12 and four. If I flip those games, they still win the division at 10 and six. But they're a ten and six team that'll probably be a for sure three or four seed. So for me, that's the for them, that's the two most important games. Win those games and you'll be fine. Maybe a twelve and four yeah. team. If you lose, you could be ten and six. And if you screw up somewhere else, you could be nine and seven this year. I think that 
when it comes to the Jacksonville Jaguars to me, I mean, they're still a great team. They have mm-hmm. an amazing defense. They have a great running back. But they lost receiving weapons, mm-hmm. which I know is not that big of a deal because, I mean, you had injury issues there before. But you mm-hmm. still don't have them. You're still trying to find your your best wide receivers a little bit. People are going to know about Leonard Fournette this year. Mm-hmm. They should have known about him last year, but now they're really going to know about him. And I just don't trust Blake Bortles. I, I mean, I know we had a good year out of him, but was it that good? Mm-hmm. I mean, it was basically average at best, and he turned it on at the end of the playoffs. He almost had very similar to like a Joe Flacco where he can turn it on if he gets to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm kind of wondering about him. Is it that? Is it an Eli Manning boomer bust of, yeah, it might go really badly, but hey, it might go really well, too. I, to I just have too many question marks on this team to be able to say, for sure, they're going to be fantastic. To me, I the thing that kind of solidified my 12-4 and four was, and I know it's preseason, but watching them play the Vikings. Because mm-hmm. in that game, the starters did play for a significant amount of time. And that defense did very well against Kirk Cousins and the first stringers. Yeah. And Blake Bortles in that team, especially with Leonard Fournette, was able to, after a fumble by Latavius Murray, was able to take it down and score, take a, like, I think it was mm-hmm. like a 60, 70 some yard drive and take it down and score and punch it into the end zone. To me, the most interesting part of this division is every other team because. The Colts, I think that it'll be interesting because I think that Andrew Luck, like, they were a bad team last year, but I think with Andrew Luck, just having Andrew Luck alone, just give them eight wins. They're eight and eight. And can the rest of this team help Andrew Luck win more than eight games? The Texans will be interesting because Deshaun Watson coming back, Colin Cowherd is calling him the Michael Jordan to Mitch Trubisky's Sam Bowie is what he said today on his show. But with the Texans also, are they going to be injured this year? Is the injury bug going to bite them like it did last year? And then the Titans. Yeah, they were a playoff team last year. Yeah, they went into KC and won. But this is a team, new head coach. How's Mike Vrabel going to be? This team could be a team that takes a step back. Not a huge one, but takes a step back and might finish last in this division by like a game or two because the Texans and Colts are above them. My my ideal situation is that the Texans would be where the Titans are, and the Titans mm-hmm. would be where the Texans are to switch those two teams. You uh, mean based off last year? It's like the Texans are in the playoffs, the Titans are out of the playoffs. I'm saying right now, I'm not revealing who my playoff teams are. Although no, 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 I'm saying out. from last year's standings. No, I'm saying okay. right now. Oh, okay. Um, I'm saying I would have, I would rather have the Texans number two in this division. Okay. The Titans number three. Okay. But when I go game for game, that's not how mm-hmm. it really worked out. Um, which is fine, and I, I it's not, that's not a knock on the Titans necessarily. Mm-hmm. It's the new coaches. It's the figuring out this new offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I am hanging on to the fact that they were really kind of held down, mm-hmm. anchored down by that poor coaching, poor play calling, bad offense that they were stuck with. And I'm gonna sit here and say I will believe that there's gonna be more out of Mariota. Mm-hmm. You know, there's gonna be more out of this entire. Um, entire offense. I'm gonna believe it right now, and I'm willing to be proven wrong. Uh, I don't. I prefer not to be proven wrong, but I'm gonna believe that this team will be better offensively. And the thing I find absolutely hilarious about our standings in this mm-hmm. is both of us have nine and seven, eight and eight, seven and nine for two through three. The only difference is me and you switch the Colts and the Titans. Colts yeah. and the Titans were. 
you have the Colts last place in this division where mm-hmm. is it something new coach or is it just the you know what Andrew Luck doesn't have a full team around yeah, him. Yeah, I, I mean, it's all of it. It's new coach. Andrew Luck needs more. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to win games, but I don't think he can do all of it completely on his own. And there's rust to shake off. There's learning new stuff, learning new players. I mean, he's walking onto this team and saying, who are you? Who mm-hmm. are you? You know, to all these different guys, because it's been a while. He's a lot more polite than that. He, he, he at least yeah. introduces himself, because he's the kind of guy that, even as a defensive player, when you hit him, Good hit, number 52. Yeah. My my hope is that he walks up to somebody who was on the team and goes, Hi, my name's Andrew Luck. Nice to meet you. Uh, one of my, like, I know Andrew. One of my favorite um, yeah, interviews from Radio Days that we were mm-hmm. part of was uh, Amy Poehler talking about how she, or no, it was actually um, Adam Scott talking about how Amy Poehler does that mm-hmm. to people on Parks and Rec. He, she would walk up to people that... Like, she works with every day and introduces herself yeah. every day to them. Like, hi, I'm Amy Poehler. Nice just to meet you. Just to be annoying or like... Oh, yeah. Just to okay. be just to be annoying of like, you know, pretending like, I'm too good for you. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I you are. I don't know your name. Uh, what? Let's move on. Mm-hmm. AFC East, you get yeah. yours. You started off. All right. Well, AFC East, uh, you guys aren't going <laughs> to like me on this one. Uh, and a couple of these teams, people were like, but you said we could be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now I've could made my be picks. better. Yeah, yeah, now I've made my official picks and mm-hmm. this is what they are. Starting from the bottom, and uh, then we'll get here. Uh, at the bottom is the New York Football Jets at three and thirteen. <laughs> uh, people get mad at us sometimes when we call them that. Mm-hmm. At also three well, and thirteen, mainly giant fans get yeah. mad at us for that. Uh, at also three and thirteen, it is the Buffalo Bills, uh, and then at four and twelve. The Miami Football Dolphins, and finally we get to just do it the whole podcast. Yeah. Just do it for every team. They're all football teams, <laughs> um, and then finally at twelve and four, which is very different than everybody else in this division, is the New England Football Patriots. Yeah, it's it it's not that much di- like mm-hmm. there's only one main difference from mine to yours, and let's see if you guys can figure it out. At the bottom, I've got the Jets four and twelve, two and four in the division. Then the Bills four and twelve, two and four in the division. Then the Dolphins seven and nine. Oh, good for the Dolphins. And then the Patriots at twelve and four. The only difference is I have a better record for the Dolphins than you do. You're lower mm-hmm. on the Dolphins. Well, you got a better record for all three of those teams than I do. Yeah, but like the but like Bills, a, a the much Bills better and, record for the, the Dolphins. The Bills and Jets are only one game, but we both have them as the same ones. Yeah, we're gonna get into them because they're the rookies, but. What what is in your mind saying that the Dolphins will be a four and twelve team even with the return of Ryan Tannehill coming back with that backfield of Kenyon Drake as the starter and now Frank Gore as the guy that people probably have to handcuff to Drake in fantasy and who might yeah. vulture some touchdowns. My my thing for the Dolphins is one that they play good teams. Um well, this besides en- the division, this entire division has mm. a brutal schedule. Yeah, and, and that's the tough thing when they're playing the the NFC North. Mm-hmm. They're not beating anybody in the NFC North. Yeah, including the Bears and Lions. If you're one of those people that don't like the Lions, mm-hmm. um, you know, so they're playing all of those teams. They have to play their division, uh, which even though yes, I'm low on these division, but they're splitting with teams like the Bills. You know, mm-hmm. they're splitting with teams. Like the the Jets as well. Well, it's you have to play the NFC North, 
You have to play the AFC South. Which, which you guys just, we just went through that. That's a division I like as well. And you have to play your own division. Like, those are the three main divisions mm-hmm. that they have to go up against. You know, you're not going to beat the Texans that I like. You're mm-hmm. not going to beat the uh, Titans that I like. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not beating Andrew Luck. Uh, actually, the Dolphins, I do have beating Andrew I Luck. I do just because they're coming off of the bye week. Same thing. They're going to be Same well thing rested. Here. Yeah, it's coming off of the bye. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just one of those type of things where... Now, the flip side is I actually... People are going to get mad at me for doing this. Mm-hmm. I actually had them get swept by the Bills. I had the Bills beat the Dolphins I twice. did not. I had them... They won two games in the division, and the team I had them get swept by is the Jets? No. Mm-hmm. No, I had them get swept. You're right. I had them get swept by the Bills, too. I, I think. just I think these two teams I'm match up. Yours. I'm looking at yours. I think those two teams match up fairly well to each other. Now, obviously, Ryan Tannehill, I think, is a much better quarterback mm-hmm. than Josh Allen. There we go. That looks a lot better. I was looking at yours, and I was like, wait, I don't have – I actually have the Colts winning, so I mm-hmm. don't. Um, I have them – Three and three in the division, so I have them splitting with almost. I have them beating the Bills twice. No, I have them splitting with everyone. So three and three across the board. You know, for even though I I have, I I don't dislike Tannehill. Mm-hmm. I like Gase as well, and I do think that they had kind of a sneaky off season. Mm-hmm. But when you just look at the schedule, I don't think it's really going to translate into wins. Um, and, and that's unfortunate because, like I said, I do like a lot of the things that the Dolphins did. Um, you know, I, I still don't understand the JGI trade from last year, but mm-hmm. that's besides the point. Uh, I like a lot of things that they did, but the schedule is just too difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, you're playing so many good teams that I'm a fan of to where four or five wins – I think that's kind of fine. You know, I think that's all right. I mean, you're not happy about it, but mm-hmm. I think that's pretty much where you would be. The thing I want to ask you is about the rookies in this division. So yeah. we've got Josh Allen, who's probably going to start because of an injury to AJ McCarron. What, did, uh, what was he called by uh, Jalen Ramsey? Trash? Trash. Yeah. Um, Joe Flacco's also, he sucks. He sucks, um, but I have him. Or no, uh, that was Matt Ryan, he sucks. I mm. think Joe Flacco was overrated. Or vice versa. No, Matt Stafford was overrated. I think it was. Yeah, um, I don't remember. I know that for sure. He said Kirk Cousins. He's good. Comment section, everybody. He's good. Give um, it to us. But we've got mm. Josh Allen. He's going to start for the Bills, presumably with the AJ McCarron injury. It looks like Sam Darn. Like people were after the first preseason game. Oh, Sam Darnold's got the job in the bag. Then the second preseason game happens, and everyone goes, "Ooh, did he lose the starting job?" He's most likely going to be the starter of this team. Like the um, GM or owner came out, I think it was the owner, that basically was like praised Sam Darnold and then said, hey, we're open for business on Teddy Bridgewater, whoever wants to trade for him. Yeah. Which rookie do you think, like obviously we both have them Mm -hmm. at the same record. Like I have four wins for both of them. You have three wins for both of them. But which one do you think plays better with this tough schedule where they're at? Yeah, I think to remember for people who are Darnold fans or who are Josh Allen fans Mm -hmm. is that even though— Because Josh Allen mm -hmm. in these preseason games looks better than he did in college Mm -hmm. already with just better coaches than he had at Wyoming. Um, And the thing to remember, though, is that a rookie can have a good year Mm -hmm. and still have the team be bad. Yeah. And these teams were pretty high up in the draft last year, mm-hmm. probably for a reason. I mean, the Bills, 
had to kind of work their way up, up mm-hmm. into to get him. But they still, were a playoff team. Yeah. Um, Thanks to Rod. Yeah, to Rod. <laughs> to uh, Rod Taylor. I, I honestly have never heard anyone mm-hmm. say Tarad before, <laughs> um, but apparently that's how it's pronounced. Uh, he just didn't correct anybody. Anyways, um, you know, it, it's just one of those things where they can still have good years and be bad. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't really – I'm more in line of believing Jalen Ramsey when he says that Josh Allen is trash. Um, that might be the the – most blatant I've been about it on one mm-hmm. of these podcasts. I do not have any faith in Josh Allen. Yeah. I think he's a cannon arm that's going to throw a lot of interceptions mm-hmm. and have a very low completion percentage because he likes to overshoot. He has accuracy issues. Mm-hmm. Darnold, I like. I like Darnold. And I think he's going to have a good year, but it comes down to the fact that I don't think that the Jets are going to be very good. Uh, I could maybe see where a couple of these games could get flipped. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I currently have them losing to the Browns. They could beat the Browns. Mm-hmm. That's a toss-up game for me. You know, I have them losing to the Lions. That's a that's not a toss-up game because I like the Lions enough, but sure, it's a harder one. Mm-hmm. So I can see them getting one or two more wins possibly, but I just think that despite Darnold doing well and still having rookie moments, the team's just not going to be very good. Yeah, and I mean, for me, I don't think either of these— I don't think either of them are going to be trashed where it's like, wow, this guy's a bust. But I mean— I don't think it's going to be win win wise a very positive year for either Allen or Sam Darnold, and our teams are probably going to be in the top ten when I give my draft order at the end of these two segments before we get into the playoffs. But the last division we'll look at for the AFC, the AFC West. I'll start it off at the bottom at five and eleven. The Oakland Raiders and John Gruden's first season. Then the Chiefs in third place, taking a step back. They're seven and nine this year for myself. Then the Chargers. I had them at ten and six at one point, but because of injuries, I have now backtracked. I think I had them eleven wins at one point, then ten wins at one point. Now because of all the injuries they've already had, nine wins is where I have them second in the West. And then the Broncos, who I've already backtracked on, where I had them at twelve wins. Now I have them at 10 wins, but still winning the division in the AFC West, the Denver Broncos. Interesting. Um, so I've done this three times now, which I think is Just the West. Uh, yeah, but I've done this three times now, which I think is interesting, mm-hmm. that I've had the bottom two teams share the same record. <laughs> um, so, you know, interesting things going on. Anyways, uh, at the bottom, Oakland Raiders at 6-10. and 10. Mm-hmm. Sharing 6-10 and 10 is the Kansas City Chiefs. Then it's the Denver Broncos at 7-9. and nine. Not that much better, but better. Uh, and then, because i got to do it, it's it's the uh, the Chargers, You're the L.A. Chargers. Up. I'm Bolt bolting up, up. Baby. That's what I was trying to remember what they do. It's 10-6 <laughs> uh, for claw, the Chargers. you got claw up on the NFC, bolt up in the NFC, exactly. or AFC. And, and it comes down to, despite the injuries, mm-hmm. I still like the Chargers. I still like yeah. what they have defensively with that great pass rush. Mm-hmm. They don't really have they, – they've had too many injuries on – Especially the secondary. Yeah, I was going to say with the defensive backs, it was causing kind of a a hesitation there. The good thing, though, today in practice, I guess they were saying that Derwin James was getting time with the first string. Good. His first play picked Phillip Rivers off for a pick six. That's what I like. So, I mean, there's positive back there, but like the thing that surprises me about your standings is Mm -hmm. two things. First off, the Chiefs. They're six and ten. I mean, I'm yeah. not. Fu- I'm not too much. I'm not much further. You're not seven offended, and nine. You know, but like I'm sitting there at six and ten. I'm like, oh, they're not going to have a double digit loss season, are they? And the thing I find 
a little confusing, maybe because I feel like the Chargers and Broncos are going to have winning records. Mm -hmm. But you have every single team except for the Chargers with a losing record in this division. Yeah. Why not? Well, I'm just... Why? why not? Here's the thing. Okay. I was waiting for you to go, like, and elaborate on it. Mark's just like, why not? Yeah, I don't, why I mean, not? I'm just like, I, I don't see I do what, what you're I seeing. want. I do what uh, I want. The, the Raiders... First of all, let's start with the Raiders a little fast. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be better than I maybe have made them seem when we've talked about John Gruden and how I don't believe in the John Gruden. Um, but I, I think this first year will be all right. Six and ten, I don't know if you would define that as all right, but good enough to not get chutted. He's just he's making this roster way too old. But that's not a thing that hurts this oh. year. It's a thing that hurts next year. I mean, for this year, I don't think the chemistry is going to be. Mm-hmm. He's also showing them tape from 1970. They're gonna have a ton of helmet penalties. I just want him to be like, and when you see when you see this guy out there, uh, he retired like twenty years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're gonna have a ton of helmet penalties without. Well, the entire watching, league's gonna have a ton with, of with how the, helmet but, penalties. With how they're watching guys tackle, if you're showing them film from the seventies, this helmet thing uh, <laughs> is gonna be interesting. Then well, you, uh, you the, heard you heard what uh, Richard Sherman said. Yeah, basically how it was idiotic. For once, I Richard Sherman said something. I'm like, I don't mind that you said that. <laughs> um, now, the Kansas City Chiefs also at 6-10. Mm-hmm. and 10. For me, it's I do like Mahomes enough, and I do like Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. I but mean, he was looking good. Did you see that pass he had against the Falcons in the preseason, man? I don't really care that much about the preseason. He freaking slinged it, man. Sure. He's got a cannon. There's no <laughs> doubt about that. There's good pieces, but you're it's an, a little bit new mm-hmm. on the offensive side of the ball. Can the offensive coordinator, new offensive coordinator, be good as the old yeah. offensive coordinator, Matt Nagy? But then it's also that they're playing hard teams as well. No, they are. You know, they're going to have to play the NFC West. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to play their own division, which is difficult. And, you know, they're going to be playing uh, the Patriots in addition to the AFC North. They have some tough ones. It's just difficult in that case. Now, I do have them getting some wins on some teams that are also good. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I when I really like some teams like the Ravens and the Steelers, mm-hmm. uh those are losses to me. The thing I find funny is you mention all the divisions, which are tough divisions, mm. and then you go, "Oh, let's take a look at like the two games that are not there, uh, like those divisions." Yeah, uh, the Jaguars and the Patriots. Fuck, right? Like, that's what you look at too. It's like not only did we screw your div- like, not only do you have to play tough divisions, the two games that are just random opponents from anywhere. Yeah, you're playing probably the. One, the one and two, or the one and three teams that teams easily in the could be the AFC conference championship. Exactly, the two teams from the conference yeah. championship a year ago. Now, for for me, when it comes to the Broncos, this is what I what I have for the Broncos is mm-hmm. I just don't really believe that much in Case Keenum outside of Pat Shermer's offense. That was a rough first preseason game, and I almost right away was like. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to take away some losses. But then I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Don't overreact. You know react. who I it's believe pre-season. in, Pat, Paxton Lynch? No, Swag Kelly. Okay. I believe in the swag. swag the swag man? I'm, I'm not going <laughs> to lie, though. Watching that Bears game, and I know that he's playing lesser talent. Yeah. Um, And, swag, and by the way, Case Keenum. Kelly. All of a sudden, Case Keenum's looking good. And I'm like, mm-hmm. man, Case, okay, I believe. Oh, wait a minute. Who are any of these defensive players right yeah. now for the Bears? Oh, it's because the second strings are in there. Anyways. Another thing that threw threw it mm-hmm. off is in that first game, it's like, Ugh, Bradley Chubb looked like a rookie. 
He won't look like a rookie at the end of the year, well, but will he at the beginning? He started of the year? to turn it on uh, mm-hmm. a few times against the Bears. But anyways, but it's the Bears. It wasn't Bears the, have uh, a decent offensive line. It wasn't the Minnesota Vikings who are probably going to win that division. But Minnesota, if anything, <laughs> the Minnesota Vikings have a worse offensive line than the Bears yeah, but do. We got a really good team. That's what I'm getting at. But you're talking about a pass rusher, Ricky. Ricky should be able to own a weaker offensive line then, Mark. You're he we- should. He you're, should. You're yeah. wearing that Viking purple today. I like it I am. too. I am, and some uh, blue for the Chargers. Uh, I got a lot of good things going or on. That, Actually, their their blue's a little darker. That's than Titan that. blue. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I got them in the playoffs. So okay, whatever. That's a spoiler. <laughs> Anyways, um, I like the defense a lot. Mm-hmm. I think they're good, but it comes down to those two things of Case Keenum. I don't really necessarily believe in him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, even though I said I believe in Swag Kelly, I don't know how realistic that actually is. No, Case Keenum's going to be the star yeah. all year. So, like, Case Keenum's going to be out there, where even if he's just yeah. doing okay to bad, he's still going to be out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, maybe they'll just cut Paxton Lynch. I think they should. No, they will. I like Royce Freeman. I like what I, I saw out of him. him. I can't but wait for him to do special things. It just year. seems like it's going to be running back by committee. Which isn't bad for it's a not, team. For it's fantasy, not bad. it's horrible, but it's, it's not right. bad for a team. But it's the kind of thing where I'm like, I kind of feel like that's holding Royce Freeman back. Mm-hmm. It's I, only his rookie I think year. It is, but I think that he could kind of go out there and dominate if they let hey, him. Maybe he wins the job later in the year. Maybe they kind of move it on over. Kind of like with the, I'll say the Chiefs were like that, where the year before Kareem Hunt, it was very much Jamal Charles goes down. Mm-hmm. They're running back by committee where it's like Charmander West is over here and um uh shoot, I'm messing with his name. West or something is over here. And it's kinda like, oh, they've got like or like Niles da- Niall Davis is in the mix. And it's like they're using all these different backs. And we're thinking coming into last year, oh, it's gonna be the same thing. Oh, Kareem Hunt can actually ball out and it was his job for the rest. Yeah. Maybe Royce Freeman does that this year. Not to that extent. So. Day one, yeah. But eventually, there might be a game where it's like, you know what? Screw it. He's our starter. We're gonna I go hope with so him. For his sake. I mean, for me, the Broncos are this mm-hmm. really good defense. The offense is just gonna lag behind, mm-hmm. and that's why for me, they become a seven and nine team. Any final thoughts on the West? What we will do is we will wait to give our one through six until we do the playoffs yeah. at the end. So, any final thoughts on the AFC? That we did not hit division by division. No, not necessarily. I, I think I'm pretty happy. Well, this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in the comment section about our AFC predictions. Also, give us yours. Who do you have in each of these divisions? Who do you think will make the playoffs from the AFC? Who are we too high on? Who are we too low on? Let us know down below in the comment section. And let's move on going from the AFC to the NFC. If you're on YouTube and you're just joining us for our NFC, make sure to Check out our AFC predictions. I'll probably put that above Mark's head. It just plopped out um, on top of us so you guys can check that video out. If you're on Block Talk Radio, podcast services around the world, you're just rolling right through as we'll go into the NFC. We'll switch things up. You started first for the AFC. I'll start first for the NFC, looking at the North, going worst to first in fourth place. We got the 5-11 and Chicago Bears. Da Bears. In fourth place in the division. Then in third place, Matt Patricia and his Lions at seven and nine this year. Then the Pack Attack. They're gonna be in second. An eleven and five team, really good team, but just second in this division. And then we got the Minnesota Vikings, twelve and four, no big deal. Number one. A little bit of a step back from last year. They're not thirteen and three, but still the number one team in the North, the Kings of the North. 
so for me, I have uh, the Detroit Lions at hmm. seven and nine, which is respectable. I, that's what I have them at. Respectable. You don't have the Bears. <laughs> no, not at all. Bears are number one in the big sixteen and zero. Obviously, <laughs> Super Bowl as Super can, Bears, as you can see on the graphic. Super Bowl Super uh, Bears. The Bears at eight and eight, sitting there. Okay. Uh, then next up. Is ten and six the Green Bay Packers mm-hmm. uh, sharing ten and six with them, but winning the division is the Minnesota Vikings. Why do you think the Vikings will be ten and six and not like a twelve and four, even an eleven and five team? Part of it is, of course, adjustments. You know mm-hmm. um, that that um, Kirk Cousins needs to adjust to this new team, and this team needs to adjust to not having Pat Shermer's offense. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be a thing, but also. The offensive line of the Minnesota Vikings is not very good, mm-hmm. and they just had some injuries as well for some of the depth on this team, and I think that this is a team that is very, very good, but if you start chipping away at that, any very, very good team starts to lose some of those games they probably should mm-hmm. have won, and that's the kind of thing. When I initially would look at the Minnesota Vikings, I did think of, this is probably a 12-4 and four team, mm-hmm. you know. Maybe even a thirteen and three team, but then you start to have some of those type of issues. And if a team's got a good enough pass rush, well, now they can get to Kirk Cousins, and Kirk Cousins is not enjoying that nice Pat Shermer mm-hmm. take one two steps and get rid of the ball. Uh, no, he's got the D. Filippo offense out there, yeah, which is going to be a little bit more of let's enjoy this quarterback's mm-hmm. arm, let's enjoy his abilities, and that doesn't work as well if you have a bad offensive line. Well, and the one thing pre in the preseason we haven't been able to see yet is basically Dalvin Cook has not played. They didn't play him in preseason number one. They didn't play him preseason number two. If I'm just the Vikings, don't even play him at all. I know they're saying I'll probably play in preseason number three. Just shut him down for the regular season. Like Mm -hmm. We don't need to see what he's doing. I think he'll be fine. This is a team that I know this is my team, but this is Super Bowl or bust. Like, because of what happened this off, two reasons. Because of what happened this off season, and going out getting Kirk Cousins, making his guarantee, his guaranteed contract, one of the highest guaranteed contracts, basically paying up for that quarterback. When really this team could have re-signed Case Keenum and been like, "No, we're good. We don't have to overpay for the quarterback." Well, mm-hmm. we went out there, we got our guy. Now it's like nut up or shut up. Number two, and this is the thing that worries me, Aaron Rodgers is back for the Packers. And you know how I said Andrew Luck, where it's like, oh, Andrew Luck is back, automatic eight wins? Well, Aaron Rodgers is back, automatic playoffs for this team. Automatic almost 10 wins will probably win the division with no matter what they put around Aaron Rodgers. And I know according to Rodgers, he's got a piss-poor receiving core out there, the young kids on the team getting all offended that he called them mm. piss poor and everything. But that's the only thing that scares me is the not just the injuries that we've already had, but how good will the Packers be this season now that they get Aaron Rodgers back? Because a lot of people, when they look at the Vikings last year, go, yeah, you won the division, but if Aaron Rodgers was there, it would have been a different story. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly possible once you get one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL back, your team changes. One of the top two quarterbacks yeah, in the NFL. Your team changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's going to make a difference. And especially with me saying, well, the Vikings 
are getting knocked down a peg for a couple yeah. of reasons. That opens it up for the the uh, Green Bay Packers to say, hey, maybe we can win this division. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to be right there. And when it comes down to the other two teams, the Bears, if they're an 8-8 eight and eight team, I'm happy. I would honestly be happy with 7-9 and nine I'm, as a Bears fan. I am. Maybe it's because I'm not a Bear fan. Mm-hmm. I, am temp- I am tempering my expectations. I are tampering my expectations. Tempering. Tempering my expectations for the Bears where – Five and eleven. It's not like if they go five and eleven, it's not going to be like mm-hmm. God. This team is horrible. It's going to be it's huh, a team that's making you adjustments. Know what? There were a lot of one clone. They're like one score games. You mm-hmm. flip these. We're an eight and eight team. Where I'm playing the Bears on the low side because I don't want to overhype them. I am. And I, yeah. I am pumping the brakes hardcore mm-hmm. when I hear Bear fans sure. here in Chicago go. Uh, I almost said Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy, Sean McVay did it for the Rams last year. There's no yeah. reason he can't do this with Mitch Trubisky this year. It's like, pump your brakes. For One, sure. Trubisky's different than Jared Goff. And number two, Matt Nagy is different than Sean McVay. Plus that defense with the Rams could arguably be seen as better on paper last year than the Bears this year. Although the Bears defensively this Still, year are no joke. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they were a top 10 defense last mm-hmm. year. I, I think that's the kind of thing where it gets them places. And the hard thing is for any Chicago fan or anyone paying attention to the mm-hmm. Chicago Bears, you haven't had a chance to actually see anything out of their offense yet because mm-hmm. they haven't really done anything. They've barely used Tariq Cohen, uh, which people are expecting to be such a weapon. And yep. you know, a lot of people are thinking that that's on purpose. They don't want to mm-hmm. use him yet because they don't want anyone to see how they're going to use him. Mm-hmm. The flip side is that maybe they're not using him because they just don't believe in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the time that Mitch did throw the ball to him, he didn't really complete his route, and mm-hmm. it was an interception. Yeah. So, you know, and there's going to be some issues and things like that. Uh, that's why I think that 8-8 eight and eight is a little bit of a higher end of mm-hmm. the um, spectrum. Where could they end up? But I'm giving a little bit of that benefit to him, of course. Um, and I don't think that 7-9 and nine is really bad for the Detroit Lions. No. It's not good, necessarily. They're not happy about it, but Yet again, it's all right. The schedule is just tougher. You're playing yeah. the NFC West. You're playing the AFC East. You're playing—well, really, the Patriots. Um, you're playing teams like you've got the Cowboys on your schedule. You get the Packers twice. You get the Vikings twice. And I know with the Vikings— Usually we split with the Lions. This team could split easily with the Packers. But, like, you also get teams, like I said, the Cowboys for one, and you get the Panthers for another. This schedule isn't the hardest, but it's not the easiest for any of the um, NFC North teams. Like, for the Vikings, you see the Eagles, you see the Rams. You're seeing the Saints who you saw. Basically, you're seeing playoff teams from last year, probably minus the Falcons. Exactly. And, you know, it's just that it's not easy, mm-hmm. and the teams are all good enough, but there's a lot of changes. I mean, there's even changes on the Vikings, who are a team that were yep. really good last year. Mm-hmm. So there's just a lot of things that are different, so there's a lot of ability to have some ebb and flow for this division. And the one thing I am very excited for, not I'm excited for, but not excited for because they're Packers, but I think that by the end of the year, Josh Jackson and Jair Alexander mm-hmm. are going to be prime our prime corner. Oh, for sure. For that Packer defense. There's a reason be, why they went out there and said corner, corner. We're going to be looking at that going, man, this team used to be a joke on defense and they've set themselves up to having two fantastic corners 
How about you start us off, NFC yeah. South? Take us through it. All right, going from the bottom and then working my way to the top. Mm-hmm. We got the 5-11 and 11 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have the 7-9 and nine claw up Carolina Panthers. I know that they're not going to like me on that one, mm-hmm. but whatever. It's too late. Uh, the nine and seven Atlanta Falcons, and finally the eleven and five New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I mean, mine's not too far different. Uh, we have basically one change at the top, but I've got the Buccaneers in last place. They're a two and fourteen team this year. Spoiler alert: number one pick in the draft. Then you have the Panthers at nine and seven. Not a bad record. It's just the two teams above you are playoff caliber teams. You've got the Saints at ten and six. And then the Falcons taking home the division at 12 and 4. First team, though, I want to mention, though, is that Buccaneer team. You mentioned, like, oh, Panther fans are going to hate you. Buccaneer fans are going to murder me after 2 and 14. But this is a team that maybe I'm overreacting to the Jameis Winston debacle that they have here, but they have some tough opponents. Like, the Saint, like you play the Saints twice, you play the Falcons twice, and I know Buck fans are going to say, "But Ricky, we usually split with the division." It doesn't matter. It doesn't mean they're easy opponents. Then you play the Eagles. Yeah, you play the Steelers. Yeah, those are at home, but those two games are without Jameis Winston. It's with Fitz Magic or Pick Six Magic, it, whatever you want to think about. You're playing the Niners off of rest. You play the Ravens in Baltimore. Like depending on what kind of a Bear team we get. You play them in Chicago. You're getting the Redskins who now have Alex Smith. You get the Cowboys in Jerry World. You get the Giants on the road. This Buccaneer team might be like, man, we took a big step back because this schedule was not what this team was ready for, especially those first three weeks, Saints, uh, Saints, Eagles, and Steelers without Jameis Winston. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Uh, the Buccaneers are that team that, on paper, have a lot of hype. Mm-hmm. But they don't quite get there. And you look at Dirk Cotter's uh, right, last two gets, records. This is where he gets fired. First year nine and seven, then five and eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, another five and eleven, or even worse. And I, I think that yeah, they're not going to be very happy with him. They're going to want to get rid of him. I'm going to say this: mm-hmm. since this is hold us to him predictions, they will go. Between zero and well, one and three losses. I don't think they go zero and sixteen. Wins, you mean? Wins. Um, and I think this is the end of this year. Dirk Cotter gets fired. They're moving on from Jameis Winston because they'll be the number one pick in the draft. But it's not a high draft quarterback. Yeah, that's going to be the problem. So it could be like I think this will be the beginning of the end for Jameis Winston, and Dirk Cotter will lose his job. Yeah, I can see Cotter being out, but I definitely don't think Jameis Winston's gone unless Mm -hmm. something else comes up off the field with Jameis. Uh, There's just not necessarily someone, unless someone goes out there and really lights it up. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't see who that person that is that number one overall quarterback is. And I'm looking contract-wise, yeah, you know what? This is year four for him, I think, Mm -hmm. for Jameis. I'm going to say this. Next year, obviously, it's the last of his contract. What they'll do is Dirk Cotter will be gone this year. Next year, they'll bring in a guy. What can you do with Jameis? After next year, Winston is gone, and they're drafting a new quarterback. Yeah, and and I don't know if I necessarily believe in the— combination between coach and quarterback here mm-hmm. um, because there's a lot of weapons out there, a lot of pieces, and, and I know something like Deshaun Jackson wasn't exactly they didn't get as much out of him as they expected, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and something's going to have to give, I think, with this team. For the Panthers, to me, they kind of 
fluctuate a little bit from good year, bad year, good year, bad year. Mm-hmm. And we're on the bad year trend. Uh, but really— Yet again, what are you going to get from your quarterback, Cam Newton? Yeah, because he's exactly the same way where he gives mm-hmm. you a lot, he gives you a little. Gives you a lot, gives you a little. Um, and once again, we're on the little side of that. Uh, you know, but they, they lost offensive weapons. You know, they lost pieces mm-hmm. to the puzzle. This is a team that had a really great roster, and it keeps kind of taking little steps backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually, those things add up, especially when you play good teams like they're going to play good teams. Uh, having to play the AFC North, which, you know, I've said good things about. Having to play, uh, you know, uh, the Super Bowl, defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. Mm-hmm. That's not a joke as well. It's going to be difficult for for the Carolina Panthers, unfortunately, for them. And I mean, with me, with the Panthers, like, it's not going to be a terrible season. Like, even 7-9, and nine, not terrible, but the range of 7-9 to nine wins to where it's like, you know what, you're just in the middle of the pack this year. Yeah, You're in the middle of the pack, you're going to miss the playoffs, and then it's like, you know what, let's just reload, let's add some weapons next year, try to come back, because to me there's three divisions in football that are going to be really tough. The first one is, I'll rank them one through three, I'll start with number three, the AFC South that we've already talked about. In my mind, the Jaguars are going to run away with the division, but the rest of the teams are going to fight and claw and scratch to try to get a playoff spot, and they're all going to finish within like a game or two of each other. The second one, the division we're looking at now, the NFC South, where this is a division, Bucks are going to be at the bottom, the Falcons and Saints will probably be fighting for playoff supremacy, the Panthers will be there but probably just miss out. However, if one or two games bounce their way, they could be a playoff team like they were last year. I wouldn't be surprised if the same thing last year happened this year where all three of these teams were playoff teams. And then the first one is the one we'll get to in a second, the NFC East. I just think that's going to be a really tough division with the additions that were made. But the thing I want to ask you with this one is Falcons and Saints. You and me are on the other side. I got the Falcons in first place. Better record. You're a Saint man. You're going with yeah. New Orleans this year. Well, I, I think that almost everything about the Saints is a little bit better. Did they learn to tackle this year? That's the big question. I mean, it doesn't again, matter if they Saint learn to, to tackle or not. Mm-hmm. I still think that they're going to be a better team. Uh, but honestly, and that's me referencing mm-hmm. that offense. That offense yeah. is awesome. That offense is great. Well, it's easy being breezy, man. Yeah, and, and the, the simple thing with that, too, is the fact of, I know we say it quite often in these, but quarterbacks get to the end they're mm-hmm. thinking about that legacy they want to win that one last one before yep. they're done especially a guy like drew Brees, who's only gotten that one super bowl i know it's difficult to win a super bowl because, but he's because thinking only because his defensive coordinator cheated that's the only way he won that super he bowl. is nothing against drew thinking only one super bowl i can get another one yeah especially with uh ingram kamara our, um you have so many great parts of this team mm-hmm. and then that defense which is young that was the criticism last year that mm-hmm. they were young right and now they're getting a year older it's just yep exactly one more year of experience under the belt mm-hmm. and all right you can i mean that was not the right time to make that mistake but you can make a rookie mistake you can make yeah. a young player mistake that's all right gotta learn from it i'm hoping they learn from it no this is a team that i mean they're gonna be in the hunt for a playoff spot like for the saints to me i think that they'll be a wild card team again just because of how high I am on the Falcons because when these two teams meet and just overall, they're kind of built similarly, I'll say, where 
the defenses aren't like they're not phenomenal, but the defenses are good for both teams. And the offenses, both of them have good quarterbacks, phenomenal quarterbacks. The Saints have a Hall of Fame caliber. Well, screw it. Both of them have Hall of Fame uh, caliber quarterbacks. I don't know about Matt, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, if like he's got a while to go, he could be a Hall of Fame quarterback at the end of it, depending on how he plays, how many Super Bowls he wins. But I mean, Drew Brees for sure is a Hall of Fame quarterback. Both of them have a solid receiving core, except for maybe the Saints dropsy uh, Ted Ginn over there. But I, I, for me, I really like the Falcon offense better, especially with their trio of Julio mm-hmm. Jones, who is for sure a top five wide receiver in this league, Calvin Ridley, who's going to be one of the best rookie wide receivers in this league, sure. and then Mohamed Sanu, who will probably. But be But it in the doesn't slot. matter who Drew Brees has. Drew Brees is a five thousand oh, yard to receiver. All right. Quarterback. He'll throw it to anybody he wants. And the main thing that the, yeah, the Falcons have Devonta Freeman, but the Saints do have a two-headed monster when he gets back of Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara that are going to help them win games. Let's move on, though. The NFC East, I'll start with mine first. Starting in the rear, another team that, it's not a bad record. This is kind of the same as my AFC South the Redskins are in last, fourth place. They will be a 7-9 and nine team this year. Then the New York football Giants, they're going to be third. They're a 9-7 and seven team. Cowboys will be in second, the tiebreaker over the Giants. They will also be a 9-7 and seven team. And then winning the division only by a game, and Philadelphia fans are going to get mad at me for this record. They're probably going to think that they're a 13-12 win team, but I've got the Eagles winning this division only at 10-6. and six. I think this division is going to be closer, and it's going to be one game that separates the Eagles from the Cowboys and the Giants. Interesting. I could see a potential Eagles taking a step back, Mm -hmm. but I just think that the team just got a little bit better. And like I said on the the preview video I did for them, they won the Super Bowl with their backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. Imagine what they can do with Carson Wentz. And he's... On track to be ready week one. Yeah, even if he's not back by week one, whatever. Mm -hmm. I'll take it. But anyways, uh, 6-10, the New York football Giants. At 7-9, the Washington football Redskins. At 9-7, the Dallas football Cowboys. And finally, at 12-4, the defending Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia football Eagles. You just did that for this division because you know Giant fans will be looking for it. They're going to love it. Why are you? Mm. I, I know I've asked you this before, but yet yeah. again, try to convince me. Sure. Why are you so low on the Giants? Because I don't think they'll be a playoff team. Well, they could, but I don't think they will. But like six and ten is really low for this Giant team that has Eli Manning, has Odell Beckham coming back healthy, I, sure. and drafted Saquon Barkley. Yeah, but this was a team that had Odell. They had an well, amazing Odell defense. Was injured last year. Sure, but they had Odell. They had Brandon Marshall. They mm-hmm. had Sterling Shepard. They had so many pieces. They had a great defense, but it all fell apart. And injuries are a part, but injuries could be a mm-hmm. part of it this year. I, my big thing really is that two things are going on. We got Pat Shermer, who I've said it a million times, and I'll keep saying it until he proves me wrong, that the last time we saw him as a head coach, he did a terrible job. Mm-hmm. And I know it was the Cleveland Browns. I know it. I know the Cleveland Browns are not a good destination to go to. I mean, I wouldn't take my kids to Cleveland, would you? Uh, but <laughs> it's just not a place you want to go to head coach. Mm-hmm. Sure, I get it. But he still did a bad job. Yeah. Uh, 
And then there's also the fact of Eli Manning. I'm not going to use the getting benched against him, but he was playing poorly. Mm-hmm. And he, it's not the first time Eli Manning has played poorly. A lot of people have kind of felt that maybe he is towards the tail end of his career. And he had a resurgence a little bit and it's kind of fallen back a little bit. But he's a guy who throws interceptions. He's a guy that can sling it. You get that boomer bust out of him. And at the end of the career, I don't know if we're going to see a boom or a bust out of him. Being in a good division is not a good thing for that. Mm-hmm. It's just a team that I think needs... They needed something else. I don't think the way they went is necessarily the best option, uh, especially going after an offensive-minded kind of guy. When they just went after an offensive-minded kind of guy and it went terribly with Ben McAdoo, um, I don't know if this locker room is going to bounce back so quickly and just everything will be all right. Well, and the thing that I'm trying to look for and can't find it to no avail um, the thing that I saw today when I was home for lunch watching NFL Live is they put up stats for Eli Manning. They kind of played a game where John mm-hmm. Fox was on NFL Live today. Oh, that was exciting um, a bit. And him and Lewis Riddick did mm. kind of a game where they had, and I'll have you do the same thing for the Giants. So you have four choices. Sure. Your choices are Saquon Barkley, yeah. Odell Beckham, mm-hmm. Pat Shermer, and... Um, offensive line and they kind of rate they ranked the reliable so out of those four who is going to be most reliable for Eli's success and rank them from one being most reliable for success all the way through those four well I'm going to get this caveat out of the way Mm -hmm. immediately that I don't think a rookie can ever necessarily be considered reliable but that's out well, the window. Reliable to his success. Not like yeah. reliable, reliable, but reliable to but his I, success. But it needed to be said as mm-hmm. I'm about to rank him okay. number one, okay. most reliable, Saquon. Mm-hmm. Number two, um, probably. You got Shermer, O-line, Odell. I'm going to have to say Odell, I guess. Okay. Um, even though I th- Odell's another guy who can be boom or bust at times, mm-hmm. but when he's on, he's on. Uh, then Shermer and O-line. You are the almost the exact opposite of both of them, where mm-hmm. they had Saquon and Odell because, three and four. Yeah, I, I, which I totally get. And then they both had opposites. One had offensive line and then Pat Shermer. My, my, problem, with, my problem with Shermer is the fact, of course, that the one time it's been bad, mm-hmm. so maybe that is reliable. It's funny that John Fox, the coach, mm-hmm. put Pat Shermer as – he being the most reliable to Eli having success, whereas Lewis Riddick, if he's he was like the coordinator, I'd line. agree. Uh, <laughs> if he was the coordinator, I agree. But I just think that mm-hmm. having a, a Saquon Barkley can be such a reliable weapon because yeah. it takes the pressure off of you. And Odell's that guy mm-hmm. where he's a freak. You don't even have to throw it to him. You can throw it over there exactly. and he'll still catch it. In theory, you know, let's mm-hmm. hope he's healthy. But like I was saying before I got off on that tangent, the thing that they showed was – Two years ago in 2015, mm-hmm. Eli was one of the best passers with the deep ball. Yeah. And had like that was 10 when, touchdowns, that was ben no as INTs. The, as the offensive coordinator. I think so. Um, and then the last two years, he's been, to quote Jim Morris Sr., diddly poo with the deep ball, where he's had the most interceptions, the lowest completion mm-hmm. percentage. The team I want to move on to in this division next is the Dallas Football Cowboys. Yeah. Is for you. This is a year where they will have Zeke hopefully for the whole year. There won't mm-hmm. be any suspension looming over his head. 
is this the year? Because for me, how I feel about it is even if they go nine and seven and miss the playoffs, the thing I am looking at this year is, is this the year that Jason Garrett finally gets fired? Because for me, I don't think the Cowboys are going to be good enough to be a playoff team this year Mm -hmm. like they were two years ago. Uh, No, Jason Garrett will never get fired uh, ever. Um, Ever? You know, and to be fair, because he's a Jerry guy. Yeah, I mean, Jerry, he's Jerry Jones' guy. But and to be fair, there are people out there who are like, yeah, but Jerry Jones is still in control, but a slightly less in control than what he was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, there have been plenty of times where you could have fired Jason Garrett, and it hasn't happened. So I don't believe yeah. it's ever going to happen. Uh, just like Marvin Lewis, I don't think it's ever going to happen. He will be it there could. for eternity. Bengal fans can hope, right? He will be there forever. Okay. Um, no, I think this will be a good year for for the Cowboys. I mean, nine and seven is a good year for sure. Um, having Zeke back is a huge help. Dak Prescott, he did all right last year. I mean, it wasn't mm-hmm. he didn't come out as insane as he was when he kind of had that rookie year. People had more film on him, which I always talk and, about that. And they had a harder schedule than they because you got to think about it. The thing that played into it is they were a they were such a bad team the year before. Deck came in. Yeah, their schedule was easier. Sure, sure, and it just it's it matters. It all matters, and mm-hmm. I, I think that's going to make kind of a difference. Um, but I still do think that they're they're kind of back. They're bouncing back. The team I wonder, and this will be the dark horse I have for this division before we move on to the West, is basically the Redskins. I don't know what to gauge them because I have them seven and nine. Redskin fans, when I did their video got so mad at me mm-hmm. that I had them as one of the worst teams yeah. that I gave prediction videos for. But this is a team that, like, I want to have them better because they did add Alex Smith. They do have weapons in the receiving core. Yeah, they lost Darius Geis, who I was excited about. But I was so excited still, for Darius Geis. They still have guys in that backfield. They did add AP, but I'm not going as much to say that AP is going to bring them over yeah. the top. But this is a team that, like, I don't really know what to expect in Washington this year in a year that may they might have to do well if Jay Gruden wants to keep his job as well. The thing for the Redskins for me is I like certain parts of it, and then other things kind of make me a little worried. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I like Alex Smith enough. Uh, I, I think that Kirk Cousins was probably a better quarterback, though, which is— Hard for me to mm-hmm. to swallow that one. He was one of the most accurate quarterbacks yeah. last year, for sure. And, and Alex Smith is an accurate guy as well. Um, but there were some struggles last year for uh, for Smith and the in the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. But and and I don't think that the the Redskins are as good as a chi- uh, team as the Chiefs were last year too. So that's uh, an important part. Mm-hmm. Um, the loss of Darius Geis, I think, is a big potential loss. Um, they could have gotten a lot out of him. I was really excited for him. I thought he was going to be great mm-hmm. for the Redskins, but losing him, I think, will be uh, a little damaging. Well, and moving on into the last division that we have, I believe for this one, should be you me, I think. start us off with your NFC West. At the bottom, it sh- the team shouldn't surprise anybody, but uh, maybe the record surprises some. Seven and nine, the Arizona Cardinals. At nine and seven, the uh, Seattle Seahawks. At nine and seven as well, the San Francisco 49ers. That'll make Richard Sherman happy to be just a tiny bit on top. Mm-hmm. And then finally, at ten and six, the Los Angeles Football Rams. What's funny is you and I same order, different mm-hmm. records. In the bottom for me, Arizona Cardinals, but they're four and twelve, not seven and nine. 
Then you have the Seattle Seahawks, who are 7-9. and nine. Then I have the San Francisco 49ers at 10-6. and six. I know, I know, I'm too high on them. And then the Los Angeles Rams at 11-5, and five, winning the division. What team do you want to start off with? I'll ask you that. I'm going to start with the Cardinals first. All right, let's start with and, Arizona. And for me, it really is the fact that, despite having a rookie there— mm-hmm. But he's not going to play the full season. You know, you got Sam Bradford there. Mm-hmm. And Sam Bradford's a good quarterback. He's not a quarterback that I, I believe he's not a quarterback that's going to really lose games. Yeah. He's just a quarterback that'll probably get hurt at some mm-hmm. point. And then Josh Rosen will come in because mm-hmm. you're not going to start the ginger giraffe over Josh exactly. Rosen. And, and Josh Rosen has been touted as probably being the most NFL-ready quarterback mm-hmm. coming out of uh, college. So, well, I mean, he should probably do all right. You know, you should be able to do fine. There's enough pieces here where they can do all right, but the team is not necessarily good enough to be a playoff team, just good enough to win enough games. Let's be completely honest, though. We say most NFL-ready, but after looking at the top four quarterbacks, Lamar mm-hmm. Jackson, I'm pushing to the side because I know he was the fifth in the first round. Really, to me, Baker, Josh, Josh, and Sam, all of them could start week one for me. Yeah. Like, after seeing them play— well, all the, you're not going to win many games with some of them, mm-hmm. but like I could see every single one of them being like, if you were going to be like, yeah, we're going to throw them out there week one, I could see it like, okay, you can defend that point. You can defend it in yep. some cases. And, and I do think that for for pretty much all of them that, yeah, it would make sense. For some of them, it's mm-hmm. more of the talent around them. They're better. Than the you know an AJ McCarron or something like that, mm-hmm. um, but yeah for for Rosen I think he'll be all right, uh, and then you move on to to some other teams. I mean the the Seattle Seahawks to me are a team where I had them at nine and seven that actually surprised me a mm-hmm. little bit when I was looking at the games of I thought they were winning more than I kind of initially in my head thought they would do. Um, but still not necessarily good enough to probably get into the playoffs. Which you're keeping them. I believe they were nine and seven last year as well. I think so. Yeah. With me, I think that. They'll take a step back. Like with the Cardinals, for me, there might be people that go, Ricky, 4-12, and 12, you're way too low. Some of the comments that we've already seen from mm-hmm. the Cardinal video that I believe you did was, oh, our roster is still stacked. We have all this. Yeah, but some of the games you're playing are harder. The Redskins got better. The Rams are a playoff team. Vikings are a playoff team. Broncos are a playoff caliber team. You play the Niners twice. You play the Rams twice. You're playing the Packers. Like The Lions are a tough team. The Chiefs could be tough. Like, these are not easy cupcake games. The Chargers, who could be a playoff team. And that's where I feel like, wow, we are 4-12, and 12, but it's like, all right, next year we'll make our return to being a better team. The Seahawks, I just think, are going to take a minor step back. And it's because, like we have talked about, this defense has already taken a step back. They're losing pieces. The run game, like... To me, I'm looking for Rashad Penny to be the guy that takes the running game over mm-hmm. this season. But really, I look at it, and it's like the wide receiver core is lesser than what it was last year. This team is—I wonder if we're getting to the point where we do—it's the classic Pete Carroll thing that he does, where he kind of looks and it's like, all right, things aren't going as well as they were. Bye, guys, and he leaves before shit hits the fan. Yeah, I before don't necessarily know team, where he would go, before but, this unless team, he just like, retires. Derails, yeah. Um, 
And, and yeah, it's going to be interesting with them. I mean, maybe eventually they'll finally get an offensive line for Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. but I doubt it. Where he doesn't have um, to run like a madman. Yeah, back Legion there. of Boom has been falling <laughs> apart. I mean, Earl Thomas is the only one's there, and he might get traded. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens with them. I mean, in my scenario, if they're nine and seven, they probably did not trade mm-hmm. Earl Thomas. And I mean, with the last two teams, like the Rams, I just want to get them out of the way. They're mm-hmm. a team that most likely most people have them winning the division and being the NFC West champs. And with the moves that they made this offseason, Brandon Cook's coming in, um, Marcus Peters coming in, um, Aqib Talib, I believe, also coming in for this team, Nadamik and Sue coming into this team or mm-hmm. on this team, um, Aaron Donald, they're supposed to be having him back shortly. Like talks are getting better. This is a team that kind of like the Vikings, but on a lesser scale, a lot of people are, in my mind, thinking this Rams team, oh, this could be the Super Bowl team from the NFC. Yeah, I mean, people are certainly thinking that they got better. Um, I'm very interested in McVay's idea of having potentially having um, his, his quarterback Goff and his running back just not play at all in mm-hmm. the preseason. Uh, I think it's an interesting why idea. Why get him hurt? Yeah, why get him hurt? You certainly run the risk. Somebody yelled at me. Uh, Especially when you just gave Todd mm-hmm. Gurley all that money. Somebody yelled at me on uh, social media because I said something about, like, well, why you know, why risk it? And like, well, anytime is a risk. And I'm like, yeah, that's why you maybe shouldn't play him. Risk it when the games count. Yeah, but the flip side of that is, sure, there might be more rust to shake off. You might lose one or two of those games, but mm-hmm. I think that's all right. The team is good enough. Yeah. If it's like the Colts where it's Andrew Luck, no, Andrew Luck's got to get that rust off first because mm-hmm. you need him firing on all cylinders yeah. from the first second. Mm-hmm. Uh, this team can do all right without that. What about the Niners? This is the last team we'll look at before we get into playoff predictions, and this is a team... Many have said I am too high on. I think they will be a ten mm-hmm. and six team. They're going to be a team that's going to be in that playoff hunt. In my mind, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to help lead this team take a big step forward this year. Will he lose a game? Yes, he's going to lose a game. He's not going to be sixteen and zero, nineteen and zero, Super Bowl Super Garoppolo. But this is a Niner team to me. Where I look at the schedule and I go. This team could be good enough to make a step, mainly because of the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Take a step year two under Kyle Shanahan with this offense and have it click, but maybe be a team that makes the playoffs but then doesn't do anything in the playoffs. I'm so excited to finally have a full year of Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. because he's been all hyped up since he was in the draft. Hasn't lost People a game. People were saying he would be the you know the next best quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know he's going to be the greatest of all time. People are so excited for him. we finally get to see a full season of Jimmy Garoppolo. Let's see what he's got. Um, you know I'm a little back and forth of it. I don't think the team is amazing. I think they still got ways to go, but I do think that they can be a nine and seven team. Why mm-hmm. can't they win these games? Uh, why can't they be a winning team? So I, I'm in on them on that part. Um, I'm I'm just a little bit reserved as well. Yeah, and I mean the big thing for them in my mind is their defense. If there's any weak link, to me it's the defense. The offense, like I said, they've got the – like Jarek McKinnon's not one of the best running backs, but mm-hmm. he's a good starting running back. He helped the Vikings last year. We are a playoff team. Jimmy Garoppolo, like I said, has never lost. I just – I'm interested to see what the Niners do this year, and will they live up to the hype, or will they not live up to the hype? Any teams in this NFC or anything that you're like, oh, I should have said that when we were talking about 
this division earlier. The only thing I want to say is that uh, whole never losing thing, you're going to probably stop saying that pretty quickly because oh, he's yeah, playing your Vikings. He's, he's going to lose week, week one. one. Yeah, he's playing your Vikings week, week one, one so you're going to have to say, uh, you're going to have to stop saying that. Eventually. I will stop saying that. I hope he loses week one because I w- would like my Vikings to win that game. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. Who are we too high on? Who are we too low on? Which team are we? Like, which team are you most upset with? And are we, did we get your team right? Did we get your team wrong? Let us know what you think down below in that comment section. And let's finish everything up, Mark, going into our playoff predictions. You guys on the other segments, if you're just on YouTube, make sure to check out our AFC. Make sure to check out our NFC predictions. For you guys who have been listening to the whole podcast, you guys have been kind of putting it together. However, the one thing you guys haven't been able to know for sure is who wins these tiebreakers that there may have. And I know that I have one tiebreaker. I know you have a couple tiebreakers as well. Before, though, we get into our playoff prediction, we are adding something for this year, a little fun thing for the teams who are not very good. And we are going to give our top 10 picks in the NFL draft. I'll let you decide. Do you want to go... Bottom to top, 10 to 1, or 1 to 10? No, uh, let's make it fun. Let's go from 10 to 1. So start it off your top 10 mm-hmm. for this year's mo- for this year's NFL draft yeah. based off of the records yep. that you gave every single team. Part of this is going to feel familiar, but then you're going to realize <laughs> what happened and be really happy about it. Mm-hmm. At number 10 overall, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, so close. So no, close to they, getting out. They get to be named first, which is great. <laughs> They're used to it, uh, but it's a good thing in this case. Mm-hmm. At number 9, the Denver Broncos. At number 10, the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, at number seven, the New York Football Giants. You notice that a lot of these teams feel from familiar. Last year's um, top five, exactly. Uh, at number six, the Kansas City Chiefs. At number five, the Oakland Raiders. At number four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Three, the Miami Dolphins. Two, the Buffalo Bills. And number one, the New York also Football Jets. Mine's gonna seem familiar to some. Let me see. About one, two. I want to say three, four, four or five of these teams might have been in the top 10 last year. But starting off at number 10, the Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes did not do enough to get them out of the top 10. Then you have the Miami Dolphins at number nine. Da Bersh, around right where they were last year. I think they were seven, but they had a tiebreaker with the Niners, which put them at seven with the coin flip. They're at eight this year. The Raiders are at seven. The Arizona Cardinals are at six. That's one rookie quarterback. Two rookie quarterbacks. The Bills are at five. Three rookie quarterbacks. The Jets are at four. Technically three rookie quarterbacks, but I don't think Baker Mayfield played this whole year. Might not even played any game. Browns are at three. If they're that high up, I think he probably played. Then the Bengals at two. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, your number one pick in the NFL mm-hmm. draft this year. I really like having uh, number one, AFC East, number two, AFC East, number three, AFC East. So that's kind of fun. Yeah. Yours had For me. three right in a row from the Jets, AFC Jets, Bills, East. Dolphins. Wow. Where I had two from that, uh, from that AFC North right there at two and three. But now we get into the good stuff. Mark, I am going to let you go first. We'll do the AFC, then we'll do the NFC. Sure. Then we'll go through our playoffs. I'll let you start for the AFC. Give us your one through six, your playoff teams for the AFC. All right. So the uh, top team in, and I'm doing this, we've done bombed up the whole time. Do top bottom. Top bottom. Yeah. Uh, Number one overall, 
uh, well, number one seed, whatever. Mm-hmm. The New England Patriots. Number two is the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I had to scroll up for a second. What you can do is I'm going to help you. Do you see the part where it says DIV on the right-hand side above your right under season? I don't. I'm not worried about okay, it. Okay, because you can click it and put it into conference. I'm all, I'm all right with okay. this. Number three is the L.A. Chargers. Number four, the Jaguars of Jacksonville. Number five, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And finally, number six, the Tennessee Titans. My FC, a little bit similar, but the teams are mixed up a bit. The two teams that have the bye, one and two, the Jaguars at number one, the Patriots at number two, both of those are at 12 and four. Then at number three, the Pittsburgh Steelers win the North. They go 12 and four. They're the three seed. The number four seed, the Denver Broncos, they are at 10 and six this year. Number five, the LA Chargers or San Diego Chargers. I don't remember if I called them San Diego earlier. I probably did. Um, because it just seems more natural to me. But the Los Angeles Chargers at 9-7, and seven, they're the fifth seed. And then the sixth seed, Indianapolis Colts, just making the playoffs over 8-8 eight and eight Texans and 8-8 eight and eight Ravens to make the playoffs. And then going right into the NFC, I'll start this one. Number one, the Minnesota Vikings, they're a 12-4. The other team getting a first-round bye, the Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons, they're also... At 12 and 4. Then, number three from the NFC West, we have the 11 and 5 Los Angeles Rams. Then, at number four, the NFC East crown, the Philadelphia Eagles, defending Super Bowl champions. They're at 10 and 6. Then, the two wildcard teams at number five, the Green Bay Packers, who have a better record than the Eagles, but are a wildcard team at 11 and 5. And then, the San Francisco 49ers, 10 and 6. Getting that last spot. And I will say, for you Saint fans out there who are like Ricky, but we were 10 and 6 also, just ask the Lions how it felt to be 10 and 6 last year and miss the playoffs. I think two years ago. They haven't been 10 and 6 in a while. No, I thought it was last year. I'll, I don't double, think so. I'll double check while you give yours. Just in case anyone yells at you. Number one overall, the Philadelphia Eagles, Super Bowl defending champions. Number two, the New Orleans Saints. Uh, number three, the L.A. Rams. So both L.A. teams making it into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four, the Minnesota Vikings. Number five, Green Bay Packers. If you know how the seeding works, that's going to be fun. And then number six is the Dallas Cowboys. You're right. They were 9-7 last year. They were 9-7. and seven. 2016, they were also 9-7. and seven. So, okay, they were 9-7. and seven. I yeah. thought they were 10-6 well, last year. Let's not give Detroit fans too much <laughs> to be happy about. But, like, that's the thing that I could see this year in the NFC is, mm-hmm. yes, in my, how everything fell out, I'm sorry, Saint fans, it ended up being you, but it could easily be the Packers if they're 10-6, and six, yep. the 49ers if they're 10-6. and six. One team to me in the NFC is going to be the seventh seed and just miss out on the playoffs, even though they're a 10 and 16. But now here comes the fun part, Mark. I will let you go first. How we do this is we go through our entire playoffs up until the Super Bowl. And then so you'll give your picks up until your Super Bowl matchup. I will then give mine up to my Super Bowl matchup. And then we will make our Super Bowl picks. I will you, let you start. Quick thing. Do you want to do it by round or by conference? By you pick. All right. I'm going to do it by round. Okay. Um, just because that's the way I'm looking Works at it. Works for me. All right. So in the AFC, the first game is the Jaguars hosting the Steelers. That'll be a fun little uh, <laughs> one again. A fun little rematch. And uh, 
things are going to feel pretty similar as the Jacksonville Jaguars get to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Jacksonville wins that one. Uh, home team, the L.A. Chargers hosting the Tennessee Titans. And I actually am going to have the Tennessee Titans sneak that one out from Another my shock fan. win like they had last year. Yeah, and, and it's not going to be as shocking because they will be a better team. But How many touchdowns does Marcus Mariota throw to himself in that game? Uh, Probably five. Okay, so five just to himself. Mm-hmm. Unto himself, all the <laughs> touchdowns. Uh, for the Titans. Then in the NFC side, the Vikings get to host the Green Bay Packers, and I think home field's going to be a big deal for that one. Mm-hmm. Going to give that one to the Purple People Eater Vikings. Uh, I get to say that because I'm wearing purple. <laughs> and then we have home team LA Rams hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Once again, makes a difference, and I think the Dallas Cowboys, even though they're a better team, even though they better than they were last year, even though they've gotten to the playoffs, I still think the Rams are just a step ahead. Uh, so that's going to make a difference for them. Let's move into the division. So the Baltimore Ravens are hosting the Jaguars, but it doesn't matter. Jaguars are going to win it. And then the New England Patriots are going to host the Titans. And that time it does matter because the Patriots win. Of course, mm-hmm. they're just a better team. Um, NFC side, we have these are both matchups I absolutely love. The New Orleans Saints hosting the L.A. Rams. And despite all the things that the Rams did, I'm picking the Saints. Then we got the defending Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles hosting the um, the Vikings. This is nice. It's reminding us of last year again. It's not going to be a blowout like it was last year, but I still think that the Eagles are going to win that one. Then we have my conference championship. Um, do you want me to pause here or no, just keep do going? It? You'll All go right. until the Super Bowl. Because this is about to reveal my Super Bowl, but not my winner just yet. Uh, Don't the, reveal the winner. Reveal who's in it. Yeah, they'll get it yeah. from this part. Um, the Patriots and the Jaguars, again, uh, and the Patriots, again, are going <laughs> to win it. Then we shift over to what potentially could have been what, what we saw last year. should have happened? Are you going to be I said guys? potentially. Okay. Could have. I said could instead of should. I know. I'm just asking, are you a should have guy? And then if it did happen last year... I predicted that this would have been the team mm-hmm. to go on to the Super Bowl. Uh, but the Philadelphia Eagles are going to host the Saints, and the Saints say we're winning it because we should have done it last year. Now here we are. I got a fun fact, but I will leave it until after mine is done. So now revealing my playoff bracket, we'll go through the same thing. In the wild card round, first off, the Indianapolis Colts will go on the road to Pittsburgh. Andrew Luck got them to the playoffs, but... The killer bees are too much. The Steelers move on to the next round. Then we have a rematch. This is the second one like this, too, and they're both from the West. Chargers-Broncos played in Denver Week 17. They're going to do it all over again in Week, what would this be, 18, technically. Broncos get the win at home over the Chargers. They move on. So the Steelers will play the Patriots. Broncos will then go to Duval County and play the Jaguars in the NFC wildcard round. The other matchup that's like this, the Rams and Niners both played in L.A. in Week 17. They get to do it all over again in Week 18, and the Rams get the win. They move on. They will play the Atlanta Falcons. That's because I have an upset in my other game. The fifth-seeded Packers go into Philadelphia and get the win. The only road team in the wildcard round to get a win. The Packers then move on. So in the AFC, Patriots-Steelers. Jaguars, Broncos, you know how it goes for the Patriots and the Steelers. Bill Belichick is a better coach than Mike Tomlin. Tom Brady is a way better quarterback than Big Ben Roethlisberger. 
the Patriots move on. Doesn't matter that the Patriots are the two seed. The Patriots move on. Steelers don't know how to beat Tom Brady and the Patriots and Bill Belichick in the playoffs. Then the Broncos and the Jaguars. This is one that's going to be difficult for the Broncos. They lose. It'll be a big blowout win for the Jaguars. They will go on and play the Patriots, a rematch of last year, one and two. Then in the NFC, you've got the Rams going back up against the Falcons. I believe this is another rematch of last year. Falcons get the win in Georgia, in Hotlanta. And then we have a rematch third time this season. The Packers will play the Vikings, much like you had it in yours. Home field is going to be a huge advantage for the Vikings. They move on and play the Falcons in the NFC Championship game. We've got our two set. Patriots-Jaguars first. I think what will flip this one from last year is it's not in Foxborough. It's in Duval County. Jacksonville gets the win. They are going on to the Super Bowl. And then we've got a matchup in Minnesota. Home field advantage is going to play a huge part of this one yet again. Much like going to Philadelphia played a huge part of last year's loss. The Vikings get the win over the Falcons in Minnesota. Number one seeded Jacksonville Jaguars against number one seeded Minnesota Vikings for the Super Bowl. And before we give our Super Bowl picks, mm-hmm. I have a little bit of history for you. Dating back to the 2013 playoffs, there have been three teams, three teams that have made the Super Bowl that were not the number one seeded team. Those teams were in. 2017, the number two seeded Falcons made it to the Super Bowl. They lost to the New England Patriots. Mm-hmm. And the number two seeded 49ers in 2013 lost to the number four seeded Baltimore Ravens. So a little bit of history that usually the number one that also played into in mine too. Years, yeah. Where in recent years, usually the top two Teams make it that, I will be Mm. honest, played into mine, especially in the NFC side. But also, I found this funny, too, because when I was looking at it, what made me think about it again is that you have the Saints in your Super Bowl, Mm -hmm. and they are a number two team in the last team. Playing the number one seed. And the last time it happened, like, you had it, the number Mm -hmm. two from the NFC South playing the number one Patriots. Yeah. The Patriots beat the Falcons. In historic fashion. But we will start with yours. Patriots and Saints is your Super Bowl. Take us through what you think of this game and then who wins the Super Bowl. Well, it'd be a great matchup. I mean, you got two old veteran quarterbacks who are uh, really kind of towards the end of their career, either mm-hmm. one of them. I mean, retirement is going to be all they talk about for, for these two guys. Uh, but really, it comes down to me of the run game is better for the Saints. The wide receivers are going to be better probably for the Patriots. The defense, I don't really know what the defense on the Patriots is going to be because mm-hmm. Patricia's gone, but it's not as good as the Saints' defense is. Well, and they lost some guys on that yeah. defense too. And I would just, I can just see this one being back and forth, back and forth, one of the most exciting type of Super Bowls that we've seen in a while with Drew Brees mm-hmm. and Tom Brady uh, going back and back, and eventually it's going to be close. But in these Patriots games, it usually tends to be Tom Brady has that last chance to mm-hmm. to win the game. But I think this is going to be where Drew Brees kind of cements the legacy and says, no, 
My team's down at the end. I'm going to be the one to come back and win this game, and I think he'll do it. So you have the Saints winning the yep. Super Bowl. For me, mine's a different kind of prediction where, for you, you're just picking a Super Bowl champion. For me, I'm picking which team is going to get decimated by injuries and which be a top-five pick this you year. You can pause it right now. You can stop <laughs> watching right now, and you know exactly what Ricky's going to say. Exactly. Well, and I mean to kind of build this one up a little bit. If you're new and you're like, Ricky, what are you talking about? My Super Bowl pick, we have dubbed the kiss of death, no matter what year it is. Whether, like, if you go back the past three years before this, three years ago, I can't remember who I had win, but for that year, both of it, I had the Colts versus the Bears. The, no, it wasn't the Bears, the Cowboys. Both of those teams were horrible that mm-hmm. year because that was the, the year that they just were like a mm-hmm. four win team. You had a Colts Bears one too. That was before. That was like mm-hmm. the year before. Because I had Ravens-Bears that mm, year. There you go. Because um, Saints lost to the Bears in that NFC title game. You can even count that one, I believe, too. But Colts-Cowboys, one of those two got the kiss of death. I would have to go back and double-check. Then the next year, I had the Cardinals beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Patriots won the Super Bowl. Cardinals were decimated from injuries, and um, they just didn't do anything. They were a yep. terrible team. Then last year, I had the Giants beat the Patriots. Patriots go back to the Super Bowl. Giants are decimated with injuries. They were the number two pick in this year's NFL draft. So for this year, it brings me, like you said, you can stop the video. I'm going to ask you, can you give me a little bit of a drum roll? I hope this sounds decent. Your kiss of death for this year, none other than the Super Bowl champion, Jacksonville Jaguars. The Jaguars are going to win the Super Bowl. Because obviously you weren't going to kiss the death the of Vikings. the Minnesota Vikings and the Jaguars. I am mm-hmm. sorry, Jacksonville fans. We will see if this is the challenge for now, Jacksonville. I have just put the pressure on Blake Bortles to not just be better than he was last year, but can the Jaguars be the first team to beat the kiss of death? That's what I want to ask you. Do you think they're going to be the first team to beat the Ricky Widmer kiss of death? Well, I, eventually I, even, I want it to end. Well, eventually it's going to end. I mean, that's what happens with streaks. They end. Mm-hmm. Um, I I originally actually had my very first draft of this, mm-hmm. the Jaguars just missed out on the playoffs. Yeah. And I think I mentioned that with the Texans, you know, switching with them or whatnot. But uh, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. But it, it wouldn't be as a decimation. Like I, I can't see a decimation of this yeah. team. Um, I can only see them just kind of barely missing out. I do think they'll beat it. Mm-hmm. And part of the reason now is I, I think we've hit that point where we're too aware. Not mm-hmm. that we weren't aware of the kiss of death before, but we're very aware of it. People watching are very aware of it. <laughs> Hell yeah. So I think we've gotten to a point where we are just too aware to where it's done at this point. And, and I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to beat it. I remember when I made it last year and giant fans in the comment section were like, no, what are you doing to me? And we Why? saw what you did. Well, what you did so- was you gave them Saquon well, Barkley. As soon as that happened, mm-hmm. like that next week, Odell injury. And I was like, Oh, no, no, this is not happening again. And it happened again. And I mean, I gave you it really I shouldn't have picked them because then they wouldn't have gotten Pat Shermer and we should we would have still had Pat Shermer. But how my Super Bowl pick kind of evolved over time is originally like when we started doing the previews, I had the idea that the kiss of death was either going to go to the Jaguars or the Rams. Like those were the two teams. I'm like, those are going to be the ones that are going to be my Super Bowl champion, probably my Super Bowl. 
But then as I got to think about it, I'm like, you know what? That NFC started to evolve a little bit. I got a little bit higher on the Falcons. They kind of moved into that Super Bowl spot. And then I looked at it, and I'm like, you know what? I don't, like, part of me was like, I don't want to be that homer that just goes, all oh, Vikings is the Super Bowl. Because people look at it and go, Ricky, you're a Viking fan. Of course you want them to go to the Super Bowl. But then the more I looked at it, the only thing that will hurt the Vikings is if they don't have home field advantage in that NFC spot. Because, like I said, most of the time in recent history, the number one teams move on. That means if you have home field advantage, and I know this is going to be like, thanks, John Madden, boom. But most of the time you have home field advantage in that championship game, you are going to the Super Bowl. So that's why that's going to be super important to the Vikings and one of the main reasons why I had them beat the Falcons. Now watch what's going to happen this year. Uh, The kiss of death has just changed now, and it's just going to be the team you decide loses the Super Bowl all of a sudden is going to get the uh, kiss of death. Well, it's weird because it's either, Mm -hmm. like I said, three years ago, both teams were bad. Yeah. Or, and maybe it's just... But then you started picking the Patriots. Or maybe it's just a Patriot thing, but Mm -hmm. like the team that I picked to lose... Would make the play or would make the Super Bowl. At yeah. first, I'm like, oh, they'll win, but then they lost it. But last to be year, fair, like, it's oh. the Patriots. I know, yeah. I know. There's that into it, so it's like maybe it's just the Patriots. Maybe I should have kissed a death them, and it would have been over a long time ago. Sean would have never let you. Uh, no, he would have never. Day. He would have never. Let he would have heard about it and said, "Nope, you are not making that podcast." Oh man. Any final thoughts on our playoffs or any of these predictions? Um, oh, I made a mistake, actually. It's the Bears that won the Super Bowl, 16-0. Oh, the Bears won the Not the Saints. The Bears won the Super 16-0, Bowl. 16-0, Bears won the Super Bowl. Mitch, Mitch gets entered into the Hall of Fame early. <laughs> they say, you know what? It's yours. Oh, and he's still... Uh, the is, first player to play and be in the Hall of Fame at the same time. And he's still looked at as a better Hall of Famer than T.O. But this is where you guys come in. Let us know what you think down below about all of our predictions. Divisional about our AFC, NFC, about our playoffs. What do you guys think? The big question for this podcast, can the Jacksonville Jaguars beat the kiss of death? I've officially given it. I've given my... It's not official until I give that smooch sound. Once I give the smooch, it's official. So Blake Bortles and company, they are going to have a huge task ahead of them to be the first to beat the kiss of death. Let me know. Let me and Mark know down below. If you think they can do it, want to thank you guys for checking out the podcast this week. Housekeeping here at the end. If you want to help support us, make sure to check out patreon.com backslash most podcast. You can also support us by buying an MVP t-shirt. That store link is also down in the description. You can also get it at mostvaluablepodcast.com where you can also catch everything for MVP each and every day. And then last but not least, Make sure to go to iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Even if you're, on, if you're on YouTube, make sure to go over there. Give the podcast a five-star rating and let us know why you like listening to the podcast each and every week. I want to thank you guys for watching on YouTube. I want to thank you guys for watching on podcast services around the world. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.